several weeks that uh, I've been doing this because I really want uh, people. Hi, Charlie. Strong. I want our people to express the love of Jesus, the love that Jesus brought from heaven for every one of us. He is the greatest thing that's happened to mankind. He's coming. There can be nothing better. And He is love. Father, we just thank you today. We give you praise. We give you glory. Minister to us, O oh God, from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I titled this last part of the message, Love Never Fails. Love will never fail. You know the story how Jesus' love was being taken to the cross. And the disciples, like the rest of us, they had no clue. They didn't know what was happening. They couldn't understand how this man that had raised people from the dead was being, if you, if you will have it, being handcuffed and he was doing nothing about it. And he was going to die. And they were disappointed, discouraged, some of us find ourselves in that place today. But it was love giving of himself for every one of us so that we can have life. Love. Jesus had to go to the cross. And he died to give us life. It seemed as if he was failing. But love never fails. Even when love is making a whole lot of sacrifice, even sacrifice unto death, love will never fail. That's the love of God. Love will never fail because love is God. God is love. And God will never fail. When we love, we won't fail. That love Jesus brought from heaven and He spread that love abroad in our hearts. If you are a born-again Christian, I repeat, you can love. You have the ability to love. Love is not a feeling. The kind of love that Jesus brought from heaven is not a feeling. It's a spiritual thing that God deposited in your heart when you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And because God has put that in, that in you, He can commend you. A new commandment I'm giving to you, Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34. He said, I'm giving you a new commandment. This commandment was not before. Now I'm giving to you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. In other words, that same quality of love that took him to the cross, Jesus wants me to take his place in love. And I'm going to say this. If Jesus will want me to love, 
as he did. Even to the point of the cross. Now how much love will they have towards you? If he's commanding me to love you. Great love for every child. Everyone is born of woman. If you are born of a woman and you are alive, Jesus took your flesh. The same flesh that you have. He was here. God took that flesh on himself. He was demonstrating his love. Just to be with us. He wants to live inside of you. Jesus came to tabernacle with us. Remember in the Old Testament, God said, I want you to build a tabernacle. I want to be with them. Right? He said that in the Old Testament. Build me a tabernacle. I'm going to show you how to build it. I'd like you to do it exactly the way I've told you. Because I want to live among them. Now, he's not wanting to live among us. Guess what? He wants to live in you. He wants to be that close. So the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 verse 5, Now hope does not disappoint. That's why love can never fail. Hope does not disappoint. When love comes into your life, it brings hope. Love gives hope to everything that's hopeless. Love is the first and the last commandment. Love is the way to heaven. Love is God. And Jesus is the express image of the Father. So He is love. He is the way to heaven. See? He is the express image. It tells us, Now hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. By the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So right now where you're seated, the love of God has been poured out in your heart. It's right there. Turn it loose. Towards God and towards man. Then you will really know who God is. Because God is love. Until you turn love loose, you'll never know who He is. You'll never see Him. You won't know who God really is. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. Not when they get to heaven, right here. You will see God when your heart is pure. And your heart can never be pure unless love is reigning in your heart. And when love, where love reigns, God reigns. Because God is love. Where hate reigns, God is absent and Satan is Lord. You don't want that. You want God to reign. And but when God is reigning in your life, you can never fail. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, God says that tongue is condemned. He says, this is the heritage of God's servants. That's your inheritance. That's what you have. 
that inheritance was given to you by love. No matter what the plan, no matter what the enemy plans, it will not come to pass if you walk in love. No disease can kill you if you walk in love. That doesn't mean you can't be diseased, but it can kill you when you walk in love. Because where love reigns, Jesus is the king. Amen? And where Jesus is, sickness doesn't know how to come close. Discouragement doesn't know how to come close. Fear cannot take hold. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of what? Love. And what? Sound mind. That means you can reason through the problem. Amen. You can reason through it. That's the love that God has poured in our hearts. Now, the enemy is going to give you a lot of opportunities to step out of love. Amen. I like to say amen to that because it's the truth. He will do everything to make you want to step out of love. Why? Because the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He'll give you situations and you feel justified to step out of love. You feel you're right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to give them the peace of my mind. But you have no peace after you've done that. He wants you to step out of love. Because when you step out of love, you step out of life. And you step into darkness. You know, the Bible tells us this. And we have known, First John 4 verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Have you known that love? Well, yeah, I'm born again. I know the love of God. Some of us knew the love of God in the past, but we've stepped out. We've stepped away from that love. And we're doing our own things. Some things, and some of us have stepped out of God. We don't care. We don't even think about God anymore. But God is calling you back home this morning. You know what that is? God is love. Love is calling you back home this morning. Come and embrace love again. And let love heal you. And take the confusion away from your life. And give you direction. And give you hope that cannot disappoint. Amen. That's the love of God. We believe in that love. We not only know the love, we believe in that love. We, this is what it says. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. And like you to believe God's love for you today. That means all things will work together for good. Because you are the object of God's love. He loves you. Believe in the love of God. That's what the disciples said. We have known and believed in that love. Well, I have difficult circumstances in my life right now. And I really don't know. Well, believe in that love. 
Because the love will lift you up. The love of God. It doesn't fail. We never fail. We have believed in that love. And he who abides in love abides in God. Do you know what that is? Take residence. That's your home. Abide in. That's your home. You may wander a little bit, go around a little bit, but you go back to your home. Amen? That's a place of rest. It says if you abide, if you take rest, you take residence in love, you are really taking residence in God. That's where you are. That's your home address. I can locate you there. Amen. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. And I know that's where you want to be also. If you abide in love, you abide in God. And God in you. The Bible tells us in First Corinthians the nature of God's love for us. It says love suffers long and is kind. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. That's God's nature. It's very helpful. No bragging. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not selfish. Selfishness is what caused us the greatest problem that mankind can ever encounter. Selfishness is evil. Just having my way doesn't matter how it hurts others. It's just to have my way. That's selfishness. It says love is not selfish. Love suppresses selfishness. Destroys it. Love is not selfish. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Not easily provoked. You know what I got from that? That's what God wants me to walk in. Not to be easily provoked. If God is requiring that of me, then I know it's going to be really hard for me to provoke Him, right? God is not angry at you. Isaiah 54 makes that very clear. If there's a thing going on in your head that God is not happy with me, God is angry with me, you've bought into a lie. Jesus said, my wife said it this morning, it is finished. He's finished it. He's not angry with you. He says, just get, get right. Let me come a little closer to you. And things will be fine. He's not angry with you. You just pushed him away from you a little bit. And things are getting rough. He's not angry. He's sad. Because of what you're going through. He wants to be closer. So that things will get better. You don't understand it all. But he knows the end from the beginning. And to him, according to his word, the end is always better. In the beginning, if you are walking in love, it's going to be better. No matter how bad it is today, if you choose, if you make that decision to walk in love, and again, I'm going to let you know there's going to be a lot of opportunities <laughs> presented to you to walk out of it, step out of it. But it's a decision, it's a spiritual thing. Just like you, you made the decision to follow Christ, you make the decision. 
And you know what? As soon as you make that decision, the enemy says, we're going to test this. <laughs> Amen. That's the way it works. Love does not think evil. It's not suspicious. Husbands suspicious of wives. Wives suspicious of husbands. Brothers sisters. That's not to be in the house of God. Trust. See, I can afford, I've said it here, I know you love me. If you don't love me, repent. <laughs> I know you love me because you have been commanded to love me. And I know you want to do God's work, so I can rest in the fact that you love me. And because I know you love me, I can afford to be myself. Amen. I can afford to be myself. You're supposed to love me, right? I can't be somebody else. I have to be me. And you're commanded to love me. And I'm commanded to love you. Just as you are. Amen. With all the flickiness and all. You know, I'm supposed to love you. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm still supposed to love you. I'm commanded to love you. God will not ask us to do something that we're not able to. You know, the Bible tells us that. He's not going to allow you to be tempted above that you are able. But this is not temptation. It's a commandment. Love. Amen. Just love. And you can. You can choose to. You can choose not to. You can choose to forgive. You can choose not to forgive. But I tell you, if you choose to forgive, if you choose to go on, you've chosen life. And that life will bring life to everything that's dying in your life. Because you chose God. You chose light. God is light. God is love. Love doesn't think evil. It's not suspicious. I trust my brother. I don't think you think you're thinking how to hurt me. And if I'm thinking that something is wrong. Because it's something in you. Sometimes people project what is in them on other people. And that shouldn't be the case. I like to trust you until you give me a reason not to. <laughs> then I know not to trust you. Then you have to prove yourself. But I, and I ought to trust you. But then we go beyond that. It says, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but in the truth. That means love does not take pleasure in cursing hurt. You know how people are happy? We got him. We got him good. You see that? We got him. We got him good. I gave him a piece of my mind. Whoa. Love does not take pleasure in causing hurt or injury. You don't enjoy it. Even when you're trying to correct and you know it's going to be painful, you're not enjoying it. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are enjoying it, something is not right in your life. When God corrects us, He's grieved. When you correct your children that you love, you're grieved by what's going on. And so if you enjoy what you're doing, then that's not real love. It's not the love that Jesus brought from heaven. And you have that love inside of you. Let that love out. And when you let that love out, you let God out. And people can see God in you, and they can see you have your Father's eyes. And that love will change the world. 
Love does not rejoice, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love does not rejoice to see the faults and the downfall of another person. You're hurt when they are going down. Sometimes ministers are jealous of one another and then they're happy it happens to another minister and he's going down. That's not love. You should be crying. And you know, when you do that, God sees it. And his heart is grieved. Now, what happens is you have lashed onto that and your day is coming. You made a judgment and it's coming back to you. That's how tough this thing is. Once you step out of love, you're stepping into death. You can't do that. How many of you remember the 80s? Those, oh yeah. Not of these younger ones. But the scandal in the 80s in the church. Remember that? The church was really hurting. There was such scandal. And one minister was really happy. He seemed really pleased. He called this person cancer in the body of Christ. And he said he had been pursuing this thing all along. He wanted to get the facts. He wanted to know, oh, the brother is falling. I got him good. I'm going to bring it out. And when the brother knew that that was what was, what was coming to him, he just said, well, let me let them know. And it was just months later. This individual that was way up there came right back down. What you sow is what you reap. It's not funny. You don't rejoice. You don't rejoice in iniquity. A brother is falling. Sin caused it. And now you're happy about it. Because I've been saying it. Now you've proved your point. And so what? You proved your point. Somebody's hurt. That's not the love Jesus brought from heaven. We ought to encourage one another. The Bible says love one another fervently. Red heart love. Not because you are blood brother, but because you are a believer. You love Christ. We are believers together. I love you. I'm not going to go back on love. God has put you in my life. I love you. Regardless, I want to see the best come out of you. If you're making it, I'm making it. If you're up there, I'm there with you. If you're out there winning souls, I'm going to support you with my finances. I'm there with you. We reach the world together. We are in the same army. In the army of God. We love Jesus. And Jesus loves us. Amen. We are together. Uh, we're going to be living together forever. And if you can't get along here, you can't go to Jesus and say, Lord, I don't like him. Can you send him out of this place? You will be going out yourself. We have, this is the place to practice it. Amen. We have to learn to love here. Put the differences aside. Love one another. That's what I want God to do for the Ark Fellowship. So you know I'm behind you. You know if it's well with you, he's rejoicing. I'm the first person you want to call. Will you call someone that you know hates you when something good is happening to you? Except you, Joseph. They didn't get it. Joseph is the only one that will tell his brothers knowing that they hate him about something good that is going on in his life and they hate him more. But generally we don't do that. We call 
those that we know will rejoice with us, right? When you receive a raise, guess what? You want to tell your best friend, the one that loves you, because you know he's going to rejoice with you. And then you think of a fellow, I don't want to call him, he's not going to be happy. That's not right. As believers, I should be able to call any one of you. Because I know you will rejoice with me. That's the love Jesus brought from heaven. He says you can. You can love. You know David, and a a great example. David was uh, a guy that his king, King Saul, pursued all over the place. At a stage, David had to allow speak to come out of his mouth. He was drooling just to pretend like he was insane just to save his life. Running away from Saul. And David himself said, one day this Saul is going to kill me. He said, what have I done? Why does he hate me so much? He threw a spear at him, I think about two or three times, trying to kill him, just to pin him. But David would not hurt this man. David had been anointed to be king. Maybe when he was about 16 or 17. He was serving the man and he knew God had anointed the greatest prophet in the land. Had anointed him to be king and he knew it. And he was serving the man that he was going to take his place. And that man was trying to kill him. What will we do in the flesh if you don't have the love of Jesus? Take him out. And assume his position. But that was not David. He he stayed and waited. And when he heard about Saul's death. That's why I believe that this man was a man that the scripture says after God's heart. God loved David so much. When he heard about Saul's death. You'll think he'll rejoice. That means my troubles are over. This guy is not going to chase after me anymore. He fell down, put dust on his head, and started weeping. He was weeping for his enemy. He wasn't thinking of the throne. He was weeping. And he told the guy, he said, an Amalekite came and said, I killed him. I killed Saul. He begged me to kill him. He said, how come you're not afraid to put your hand on the Lord's anointed? You killed God's servant. And he commanded one of his guys, he deserves it. Kill him for what he's done. To my enemy. That guy came to David hoping to get reward. He was not the one that killed Saul. He lied. He thought that's Saul's enemy and David is going to be happy and he's going to reward me for killing Saul. David said you die for it. He lied. He didn't kill Saul. Saul killed himself. The natural thing is for David to reward the guy. Thank you. You killed him. Are you sure he's dead? Yeah, I killed him real good. I get this reward. No, he wasn't happy about it. I'm sure the guy was confused when David was crying, rolling on the ground. He said, what is this? What is he doing? He should be happy. And then he gets up and says, you're dying today for doing that. And you know what David did? He wrote a song. David became the king of Judah, not Israel, just Judah, first. I think for seven years, if I recall correctly. And David wrote a song about Saul and commanded that song to be taught to every person in Judah. That's love. That's love. 
And in the song, he praised Saul and Jonathan. He said they were strong. He said, from the blood of the slain, the fat of the mighty, the sword of Saul turned not back. The bow of uh, Jonathan turned not back. The sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan, he said, they are beloved and lovely. My enemies, beloved and lovely, in life and in death, he said, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. He then he asked the children of Israel to weep over his enemies. He said, he, t- he treated you well. He clothed you with scarlet. He put ornaments of gold upon you. He praised them. How many would do that? That's the love of God. And God loved Jude, uh, David and, and told David, Out of you, the Messiah will be born. Amen. That's true love. Love bears all things. That means you're bearing it, hoping for something good to come out in the future. Right? You bear with your children as you train them, right? You bear and you're hoping something good is going to come. I'm just going to keep trying. I'm just going to keep correcting. Love bears all things. Love makes excuses for sin. First Peter 4 verse 8, it says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. It's not like you ignore it. It's not like the sin is gone, covered and gone. It's like you ignore it. It doesn't matter. We'll help. God is going to help this situation. I know you're struggling right now. Even though the person's attitude in sin is causing you pain, but you're bearing with them, hoping God is going to do something about this. God is going to change the situation. Matthew 5, 43-45 You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But you as a Christian, I say to you, Love your enemies. That's what Jesus is asking us to do. Love them. Even when you know they've been saying bad things about you. Still love them. Bless those that curse you. They're cursing you out, but you're blessing them. Not, I bless you in the name of Jesus because you're still angry, right? I, I, Lord, I, I'm just going to bless them. Because you're still angry. You may start that way, but you shouldn't end that way. You keep blessing them. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. When you're doing wrong, you're praying for them. You're wishing them well. When you pray for somebody, you want God to do something good. You can't tell God to destroy them. Praying for somebody you consider your enemy. I mean, I've seen Christians do crazy stuff. I mean, I'm telling you crazy stuff. I don't know where they got it from. They don't only 
cause their enemies, but they cause other Christians and ask God to punish them. None of you heard that before? I was in a situation in the past. My wife was involved. And uh, we had some believers that really had a lot of faith, they thought. And they were angry about something. They tell you how stupid this can be. They were angry about something. And so they started throwing curses at people. Ask God to, they call it arrows. Were sending arrows to their enemies. And one of their enemies was my wife. Can you believe that? And they were telling me that they were sending arrows to my wife. And I said, they said, uh, you don't have to worry about it, good luck. You are a good guy. It's only your wife we are after. We are sending arrows. <laughs> I said, hey, that's my wife, you understand? That's my wife. You want to kill my wife? But in their minds, they've seen the scripture where no weapon formed against them and they can, you know, say things in faith. And that's hatred. That's wickedness. The Bible says, pray for your enemies. Do good. And this it wasn't even an enemy. They, they didn't do, she didn't do something that they wanted her to do, so she's got to die. I said, who is your pastor? <laughs> I like to whack him with a two by four. No kidding. <laughs> Where did you get all of this stuff from? About this great faith that you have to cause people to die because they are your enemies. Yeah, God has answered my prayer. He's dead now. You're going to see God. That's happening in the world. That's happening. People have been deceived. Jesus is preaching a message of love. Some preaching a message of hate. And you know, let me let you know this. If you know somebody in your heart that considers themselves your enemy, you just know that. That's okay. You can pray for them. But if you consider them your enemy, you're in real trouble. (laughs) You can't have an enemy. You must pray for your enemy. Do good to those that spitefully use you. The Bible says, Love believes all things. Love hopes all things, endures all things. Love believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. If I'm around a Christian, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I'll give myself away this now. If I if I am around if I'm around you all the time and you I don't believe this, I don't believe that, I don't believe and then what do you really believe? After a while, I've made up my mind. I don't know if this man believes Jesus either. I was a, a person that I met hardly would believe he doesn't. This fellow didn't trust any preacher. He didn't trust anybody. All the preachers were bad. No one was good. You criticize every preacher, and uh, it was difficult for me. I said, "Wondering, does this person?" How do I figure this guy out? What is going on in this man's life? How can I position this man? How can I place this guy? What's really going on here? Because I knew there was something not right in this life, but I couldn't tell what it was. Then I found out because they gave me a book to read. And this book was filled with unbelief. 
All the preachers in the world are banned. The uh, Zusa Street Revival was a false revival. Uh, every revival was bad. The worst revival was not a revival. Brownsville Revival, but that was a lie. In this book. And Christians buy those books. And read them. For Young Cho, he's a false prophet. Billy Graham, he's nuts. Okay. <laughs> no one is good. And this guy was so glad to give me the book to read so I can tell about Nicky Cruz. You know who Nicky Cruz is? Yeah. As a Nicky Cruz is even is an evil person. So I thought Nicky Cruz got saved and born again. So this was a book that this person really enjoyed because he talked about everybody else in a bad way, believes nothing. All those miracles were false miracles. And so I was thinking, God, how do I talk to this person about this book? Because he's going to ask me what I thought about his great book. So he finally cornered me and said, you read the book? Thick book. I said, yes, I did. He said, what do you think about the book? I said, that man is not of God. Really? I said, yeah. God is Love. Right? God is love. Love believes all things. I said, this man believes nothing. He can't be of God. He doesn't believe in Billy Graham. He doesn't believe, I'm sure he doesn't believe in Jesus if Jesus were living in this day. He believed nothing. That's trust. It's hard to walk with somebody you can't trust. Right? It's hard to love somebody you can't trust. So if you're really walking in love, you trust. Until they give you a reason not to trust. If God is in place in your life, you trust people. And sometimes they'll take advantage of you. But you still trust. You don't throw that away. You shift the trust and place it somewhere else. Because this guy is proving himself not to be trustworthy. They have to prove themselves again. But if you are that kind of person can trust no one, something is not right. He said that you know Christ and you are not allowing the love of God to flow through you. Or you don't know Him at all. You can have it both ways. So we need to love. Notice what it says. Believes all things, hopes all things. You know this courage you keep saying is going to be better. I think the air conditioner needs to go up some. It's too cold in here. I'm hot in here. I don't care. Hopes all things and endures all things. And then lastly it says love never fails. Love never fails. Why? Because God is love. I want to share with you why I believe love will never fail. If you truly walk in the love that Jesus brought to the earth, why you will never fail? First, you can't love another person the way God wants you to love them unless God has shared His his love abroad in your heart. Unless you have the love of Jesus... I can't ask them to love me. They don't have what it takes to love me. They don't have the love of Christ. So I can excuse an unbelieving husband. 
I can excuse an unbelieving wife, maybe a son. They can't love. They can't love God. They don't have it in them until they receive Christ as Lord and Savior. So when you love God, you also love your fellow man. Love not the world or the things that are in the world, the scripture says. For if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. For those things that are in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, they are not of God. They are of the world. And he says, the world is passing away. And the lost thereof. All of those things are passing away. Only those that love will stand. Romans 8 verse 28 tells us this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. But first, to those who love God. But John says, how can you say you love God that you can't see when you don't love your brother that you can't see? That's not possible. So if you love God, he who loves God loves his brother also. Now if you love God, the scripture said, all things, even if it looks negative, all things are working together for your good. All things work together for good to those who love God. Just those who love God, who love those who love their brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's according to God's purpose in their lives. Everything that's going, even if it's negative, is working out God's purpose for your life. If you are living a life of love. You see, there is, God has taught so much. Paul said, I'm privileged to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. God revealed that to him. He said, no one knew of the mysteries before now. That God has chosen to reveal this mystery, the mystery of the good news of Christ to those that love Him. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine through twelve. It says, "But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those, those what." Those who love Him. Those who love God. We can't even imagine the greatness of the things that God has already prepared for those who love Him. And those who love Him will love those that belong to Him as well. So He's prepared these things. It says, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Is the same spirit that Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, He has poured out, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the spirit that He has given to us. Is that same spirit that reveals the things, the deep things that God is prepared for us. So if you have love working in your life, you can't fail. It is impossible for you to fail. It may look like you're failing today, but you really cannot fail. If you believe in that love. This is the love we've come to know and believe. 
But God has revealed them to us through the, His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You see, the spirit of God is the heart of God. That's love. He is not going to reveal these deep things to you if you are not walking in love. God commands us to love one another. And we must love. Romans chapter 8. That's the great scripture of verse 35. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? That's victory. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, troubles will come. But I'm not going to change. I'm not going to step out of love. Distress or persecution or farming or nakedness or peril or sword, no matter how difficult it is, no one is going to separate me from that love. That's real victory. That's victory over difficulties, victory over problems in life. No one is able to separate us. It says, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are killed because we love the world and we want to see them saved. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Because we have love. We are more than conquerors. Love never fails. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And Paul said, I am persuaded, based on God's love, that neither death, nor even if it comes to the point of dying, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature or created thing, that's the devil and his demons, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is victory. No matter what you are going through, if you will believe this scripture today, that you will continue to love, then you are a conqueror. You can never fail. Not even death can separate you from your victory. Amen. That's what the scripture is saying. You can be free if you will choose to love. Love is the most fragile thing. But there is nothing that is tougher in the world than love. Love never fails. Choose to love today and you will be in the hands of the Lord. He will be living in you and you in Him. Amen. Please bow your heads. Many of us have experienced his, his love. We have experienced His love. We have received Christ as Lord and Savior. You will not know true love until you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
sin will destroy. Sin will send somebody to hell. That's the home of hate. That's where the devil and his angels will live forever. You don't want to live with the devil forever. Because there will be nothing there but hate and evil, pain, all of that that Jesus came to deliver us from. You can make that choice today. You can come to the Lord today with all of your heart and say to Him, I'm sorry, surrender. You may have been to church all your life, but you have not totally given everything to Him. Jesus gave everything all His life. That was love. He gave everything to you so that you can have life, so that you can have His Father as your Father, so that He can be your Father and provide for all of your needs. And all that Jesus has is to accept Him, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. You know, you are not promised tomorrow. If you don't know Christ, you are in great danger. You can step out of this place today and something happens, maybe a truck or something evil comes on you and it's over. Your life is gone. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? You never made that choice for God. You never made that decision to go with God all the way. You can't do it yourself. Jesus said, you don't have what it takes. Without me, you can do nothing. But if you come to me, I'll give you the strength. You will be able to go all the way. He'll keep you to the very end. Today is that day. The Bible says, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. You can know Christ today. Jesus can come into your life today. He can change your life today. And you'll never be the old you. You'll be a new you because Jesus has come into your life. Many of us have done that in the past. We came to the Lord Jesus. It's your turn today. You can come to the Lord Jesus. You can receive Him by just lifting up your hand and saying, yes, I want the Lord. I've been out of Him. I've been, I walked out on Him. I was with Him before, but I walked out. I'm coming back home. Or maybe you don't even know Him. You've never accepted Him into your life. And you're saying, today, I want Jesus to come into my life. If you are that person, at the count of three, I want you to just lift up your hand up, raise high so I can see it and acknowledge it, and then put it back down. And God will see that hand. And remember what the Scripture says, there's great joy in heaven. When one soul comes to the Lord. If you're that person and you want Jesus to come into your life, you want to experience the love of God, you want to be able to go out and express that love that God, Jesus brought from heaven. If you're that one, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'll say it right now. At the count of three, raise up your hand. Are you ready? Are you ready? One, two, three. Now raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any other person? Raise up your hand. Now, those that raise your hand, please stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Amen. Thank you for these ones. Stay standing, please. I know that there are still some that need to make a decision for God, and God is calling you today. This is your day. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Jesus wants you. Honor Him today by making a decision for Him. 
honor him today. I'm going to give you another opportunity. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. He says, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. There was a day in my life where, when I had to do that, I made a commitment to him openly. Jesus wants it done openly. Would you raise your hand if you're that person right now? Another opportunity? You raise your hand. Now you say, I want to give everything to the Lord. Please come up here. Those of you that are standing, come up. You said, I want to give everything to the Lord. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. I want to rededicate. If that's you, please join me up here. You want to rededicate everything to the Lord. No holding back. Is there anybody? Please come up here. Thank you. Pastor Andy, please come on. Come on, let's pray for this one here. Stretch your hand towards this here as we pray. And know, let me let you know this. Just as you receive Christ once, when you're born again, you're born again. Once you have accepted Him as Lord and Savior, He's accepted you. When you're born again, you're born again just once. Just like you were born. You were born once. <laughs> you're born again when Christ gives birth to you and He does it. And he's going to do that right now. And once you've done this today, you don't have to do it another day unless you are rededicating your life to Him because you've stepped out of love. You're willing to come to Him fully today with everything, no holding back. Bow your head with me and say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today based on your word and your invitation to accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Father, for receiving me as your child. Jesus, I thank you. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Please stand up. We are not going to be forgetful hearers, but doers of the word. We love one another with an undying love. Because Jesus, who is love, is living inside of us. Remember the five-minute rule. Remember the five-minute rule. 
I'm going to pray, and after we're through, please say to somebody first, to those you don't know very well, I love you with the love of the Lord. Amen? Don't hesitate. Do that. Tell them, I love you. When you say it, it takes a hold of your heart, and then you can truly love. Amen? Let's raise our hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for Jesus who came to pour out himself love and poured himself into our hearts so that we can love. We thank you, Father, because now we have the ability to truly love like Jesus loved. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Now, let's do it.